Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 354, covering Proving Ground and Stratagem with Brian Lynch. Hi, friends. We're, we're back, and apparently it's Brian's birthday. So. It's my birthday. Hey, Brian. Yeah, Happy so. birthday. It's Happy my birthday. birthday. Have stratagem as your... As your <laughs> yeah. Screw you, buddy. <laughs> hey, you chose this. I chose it at random. I thought I realized that if you guys were one week behind, I could have recorded on my birthday on an episode that originally aired on my birthday. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah no, that would, right? that would rely on us ne- on us being behind, which we have never been. No, yeah. no, we haven't. No, you Monday guys in eight years. remarkably. I don't. That's not about you. That's about podcasts in general. Oh yeah, that's. But oh, speaking of podcasts, let's just get this out of the way now because you're gonna forget. We know you're gonna. I'm not gonna forget. I have it written down right here. I'm just having to be very bad at having my own podcast. I'm gonna put you on the spot right now and ask you to promote the new wonderful podcast that you do. So then we don't have to rush at the end of the show and forget it. Show enough. My new podcast is called Tinsel Town, and it is about uh, holiday movies, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically in what we uh, uh, here in the United States call the holiday season, Thanksgiving through New Year's. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, mostly Christmas because that's what people make movies out of. Uh, but we have, uh, I believe, my first Thanksgiving movie is actually going to be going up this week. It's uh, Son in Law, starring Pauly Shore. Oh dear! Oh um, lord! Yeah, no, I made a. I've got a master list of two hundred eighteen movies, and I'm going at them in random order, so you can never quite tell what you're going to get. It uh-huh. is. Uh, I have seen. I have seen Son in Law with Polly Shore. No kidding, about thirty times because oh, yikes! When I worked at a video store in the mid nineties, my coworker loved that movie, and when it was her turn to choose the movie we had on all the time, it was inevitably that. Oh, I'm that's so sorry to I hear that. Can't imagine yeah. that was. That was Pretty terrible. well. Anyway. I mean, the thing I read, and I'm not—I don't want to spoil my own uh, podcast, but the um, it was a good idea for a movie that was just hampered by motherfucking Pauly Shore. Like I'm, that, they, you're just describing the '90s. There, the character was, was so detestable, but like the, the root Shore. idea behind the movie was good. The supporting cast was all filled with interesting character actors, and they just just the 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 star was this utter m- monster. <laughs> Isn't the point uh, of all Polly Shore movies that you have a script and then he just shows up and does whatever he wants on it? In, uh, in one of the, the movies, weasel, he co-starred you guys. Andy Dick. Oh, dear. Yeah. All right. Anyway, tell the people how to find your podcast. Uh, you can go to holidaymovies.tumblr.com uh, or find it on iTunes. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I do some episodes. Uh, they're just me rambling to myself. Mm-hmm. Those uh, I try to keep to about a nice tight half hour. Uh, which is mm-hmm. fun podcast length, uh, or I have a guest, and those tend to go about an hour, uh, but yep. I have a guest, so they're more interesting. Uh, the ones that have already popped up, uh, post-atomic horror listeners will know my brother Flunk, mm-hmm. uh, who did the Polar Express and Die Hard. The Polar me. Express was excellent, by the way. That was, that's, honestly, guys, if you're going to listen to, like, two episodes, I say episode three, uh, where I had a guest and we talked about uh, the Laurel and Hardy version of Babes in Toyland, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or the Polar Express one. It's weird, because... You know how, like, early episodes of a podcast, like, you never quite like them? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I don't have to tell you guys. I've heard Matt talk about early post-atomic horror. And, uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, but I've recorded 25 episodes already. Jesus. Because I, well, because I'm terrified of falling behind, and anytime uh-huh. I record with a guest, we do, like, two episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. And so I built mm-hmm. up this sort of backlog real quick. Um, 
And I, um, so, like, I know how much better my show's gonna get already. And not that I think the episodes that are going up right now are bad, but, like, I, I eventually, like, adapted to this thing where we do, like, a long, like, synopsis of the movie and we put all of our commentary into the plot summary, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. I think works better for a movie review than I originally tried to do short summary and then analysis. And so when I'm hearing those now, I'm like, I'm going back and I'm like, <laughs> but we start getting into the heavy stuff. We got um, Muppet uh, Christmas Carol coming up. Good, good. Uh, we got, um, uh, what you call it? Um, the, oh, um, freaking uh, the Nutcracker 3D, which oh, is a Nutcracker musical starring John Turturro and Nathan Lane. And also it's about the Holocaust. Okay, Brian, I'm going to stop you right now because you are literally going to list every Christmas movie and we got to talk about Star Trek. I'm not, well, no, I don't want to talk about Star one, Trek. One sent- you get one more sentence and then we got to go. Um, I don't know. Rent is terrible. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> no, seriously. Give them the website one. Uh, yes, it is uh, holidaymovies.tumblr.com or on iTunes, Tinseltown, the Holiday Movies Podcast. Mm-hmm. Also, one final thing. I do think the title Tinseltown is incredibly clever and probably half the people don't even realize. Yeah, I did not come up with it. I was so stuck. In the first five episodes, I routinely talk about my trouble coming up with the title because I recorded them before I had a it's title. It's the perfect title, though. Mm-hmm. And, and I eventually Tinsel turned holidays to other people for help. And um, yeah. it was that and the, the Yule Log was the um, the, the second nah. place finiture. Because like nah. log, like a log book entry. I know, but yeah. poop. No, the, uh, the, the, I'm very thankful to the person who came with Tinseltown and I don't have their name right now. Or give him a shout out. Cool. All right, moving on. All right, Matt, do we have to? Please, why don't you tell us about Proving Ground? Okay, so Proving Ground. The Enterprise is still mm-hmm. fucking around in the Expanse <laughs> when they come across our old friend Jeffrey Coombs and his Blue Andorian ship. Jeffrey Coombs playing Shranigan. Let's be honest, Jeffrey Coombs has been so many Star Trek characters at this point. It's always best to just be very specific about which one he's playing. Arrives, offering help for Archer and his crew, and Archer accepts despite protests from T'Pol. Come on, T'Pol, he says. I know Andorians and Vulcans have had their problems in the past, but you have to learn to trust people. I find that nine out of ten times, if you give people the benefit of the doubt, they'll turn out to be okay. Ten minutes later, Shran has stolen a Zindi super weapon and is taking it back to his masters to aid in their ongoing arm race with the Vulcans. Archer looks like a real fucking chump. Luckily, Archer never really trusted those Andorians in the first place and detonates the super weapon, dealing serious damage to the Andorian ship. And he smugly phones Shran to rub it in his face. The moral of this episode is one that... Excuse me. The moral of this episode is one that Trek fans all over the world can agree with. Never trust anyone who doesn't look like you. That's it. Also, Matt, it's Combs, not Coombs. Fuck. It, I, I regret I pronouncing that it that also. way once. Mm-hmm. No, I did it that way early on, and I think a, lo- a bunch of people followed my lead, and I fucked it up, and now everyone's fine. Oh, yeah. no, I thought it was Coombs for a long time. Like, you know, like catacombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But apparently but it's it, Combs, it, it, like hair combs. Yeah. Yes. Of which I he has my to use many to buy for your all... Jeffrey. <laughs> of which he has many for all his wigs. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, this one has a whole chunk of stuff in the middle about uh, Andorians and uh, humans bonding and, like, playing mm-hmm. off of each other. And it's pretty good, but when you break it right down to it, it's the story of the Andorians fucking the humans over again. Yeah. It's the story of Archer going out on a limb and saying, maybe I'll trust someone this mm-hmm. time. Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> well, I've learned never to trust again. And that's that's honestly my bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it until the final act. Like, do you know how difficult it is at this stage of my Enterprise fatigue to get me to like an episode? <laughs> no, you, you can actually see me as I'm watching the episode brighten up. 
Just like, yeah. wait, 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 is something what, happening? What's happening? This is actually good and interesting. I am in, I am, yeah. I mean, look, I'm always going to be sort of into it when Sharan shows up just because I like that character so much. Yeah. No, he showed up in Voyager once as nobody. Yeah. And it was a nothing episode and we still liked it because mm-hmm. it was him. Yeah. yeah. But. I like I thought because Matt's been pointing this out a lot lately that everyone's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Maybe this time someone won't be a jerk. Maybe it'll be the, our old friend. And it really which is another point. But uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I spend the episode just watching. I'm like, this this, this has got to be it. This has got to be the episode where where uh, the end turns around and the humans sort of start bonding together. And I mean, there's still like the there's still the Vulcans and we can get to that later. But this could sort of be the start of the, that friendship that leads the the Federation. Being <laughs> Literally born. leads mm-hmm. to the Federation. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. And instead, it just leads to more yelling. No, because they wanted to fake you out. <laughs> it really leads to more then. yelling. <sighs> yeah. Just. I thought that was the Tellarite deal. <laughs> it could be. We've only met one Tellarite. Yeah, exactly. So far. And he yelled. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, if Star Trek has taught me anything, it's that one single representative of an alien race just basically shows us what they're all like. I so. mean, that's true, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, know. It. Yeah, I know. I wasn't being sarcastic. No, no. you were being completely honest. <laughs> the thing is, there's some good character work in here. There's some decent acting. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, there's, there's And then it just... Yeah. Bleh. Go ahead, Brian. What, yeah. I, what, what, did, what, what do you think? Um, you know, I'll give my good thing because I really like the Andorian makeup. Yep. Um, and I'm sure somebody's already mentioned it by now. Um, you know, the last time they showed up or whatever, but it really works for me. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Yesterday, I binge watched the entire new Tick series to get ready for the new episode. So maybe mm-hmm. I'm just into blue people with moving antennas. But that's fair. <laughs> They work, yeah. and I, I like that they sort of, like, lean into it and that they, like, they're like, okay, these aliens were designed in the 60s, but we are going to, you know, tweak them and make them still look roughly the same, but have them work, and all their little antenna twitches and stuff, mm-hmm. and they're they're just, they're an alien race that's just inherently fun to watch. That's that um, is the thing, That's a, and that's why I always enjoy them, mm-hmm. is taking that super 60s design and just yeah. running with it. And, and just I seeing like, them up there, like even like the brightness, like, oh, it's so nice to see a color on this show. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, there is a color this show likes, and it's gray, but, <laughs> but I get your point. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to talk too much about the next show, but they redesigned the uh, Andorians uh, not as extensively yeah, as some other the, species, the, but they just sure. have extra antennas on their eyebrows now. Oh, I didn't really notice that. Kind of, kind of gilding the lily there, but mm. well, they kept they kept them mostly the same as compared to the Klingons or Tellarites. But, mm. um, but speaking of color and blue, Matt, this is oh, your yeah. thing. Oh yes. So the Andorians are really into blue, like like a <laughs> lot. Are, like yes. I get it, guys. You're blue. That doesn't mean the ship and your booze both have to be the exact same shade. Like we get a, we finally in this episode we get a shot of the ship from the in- inside, and there's just blue lights everywhere. It's all blue yeah. lights. Their computer like screen layout is all blue. Um, I have a theory about this, but but Brian, this is also sort of ties into your bad thing. Actually, yeah, let's let's ping pong. Thing. We're being very efficient this episode. <laughs> well, the ping, thing is, we don't ping pong right about this show. So <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so as much as I like the makeup, I hate the bridge design. Mm. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a little random round gray room, um, Mm. with the only color highlight, as we mentioned, being blue. There's no visible entrances or exits, so it's just, Mm -hmm. like, a little box. There's no visible view screen unless it's at, like, a very certain angle. And this is the weirdest thing. Everybody's workstation is designed so that their back is turned to the commander. 
So that, and I, I checked and I was like, am I just look? is the show just filming it weird? And like, I looked up like photos online, like Andorian Bridge. And no, everybody is facing directly away from the guy in the I, middle. So anytime I see he has how that, to, yeah, I, I see how that's impractical and I see how it's anti mm-hmm. sort of Star Trek, like the general design of Star Trek. However, when you watch a submarine movie, that's usually the case. Those guys are usually at their consoles and facing away from the commander. So that's not. Yeah, but their consoles also aren't just freestanding in the middle of a large room. <laughs> they're they're like they're true. crammed in. They have to be that way because they have to be yeah. up against the walls. And it's just anytime anybody has to talk to Shran about anything, they're like turned around and craning over their shoulder and it just never yeah. looks good. It's very, it's very, um, okay, guys, throw this bridge together. We're only going to use it once and then let's get it over with. Just the thing is, I'd like, put a bunch I, of I actually consoles like, together. I actually like the look of it, mm. but I can see all your arguments about how impractical it is are totally valid. Mm. It's, impra- it's impractical. And I don't know. There's, there's just something boring about it. I will say, like, I guess it does look alien. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was no, looking at it. Have look you ever like seen your those like, uh, bridge set? You know. Have you ever seen those like uh, like technical drawings of bridges that uh, pop up online every so often? Oh sure, I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was looking at a bunch of those the other day, and like looking at the bridge of like the Enterprise J time ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at that, and I'm just like, I can't understand how this functions as a bridge. It's like mm-hmm. they just threw three different sets together. I can see how this is a bridge. It just doesn't look mm-hmm. interesting. It looks like the old Enterprise D battle bridge set that they only used twice because it looked stupid. You know what right. I always think the battle bridge looks like? Mm-hmm. A living room. Just with yes. like a big couch yes. in front and then another couch. But I mean, so much of the Enterprise D looked like a hotel. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All it was missing like is potted plants that they used for help for planet hell. Let's well, just take right. all the, the same thing- stuff and cram it into a smaller room. <laughs> when when you launch a new series, you spend a lot of time working out the bridge set because yeah. that's that's where everyone lives. That's mm-hmm. where you're going to spend most of your show. But when you have a bridge that appears for 10 minutes for characters you may never see again, they probably don't put nearly as much thought into it. Yeah. So. Uh, but as far as the blue thing goes, this is probably not canon. It's probably out of nowhere, but it's it, it's kind of cool to for me to imagine Maybe the Andorians don't see color, or maybe they can only see a very limited part of the spectrum. Maybe that's why everything's blue. Maybe they can only see blue. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I know that sounds dumb, but really, that's that's a part, like, there's a whole wavelength portion of what you can see that if you limited it, you would only see, you know, blue. Mm-hmm. So, it's possible. I, I don't Anything that makes the aliens more alien, I'm all for. And, yeah. you know, I guess and, it is, it's like, it is visually striking, like, that, like, gray with, like, just blue light, blue light, blue light, like... Mm-hmm. I think it's just boring when you're spending so much time on it. I think it's like an interesting look when they designed it. Mm -hmm. And then when it actually Mm -hmm. comes together, it's a little kind of like, well, that's... No, you don't want to spend half an hour on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But when it pops up on the view screen, it's kind of interesting. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's it. Maybe maybe they built a little of it for the view screen a few episodes back. And then it's like, oh, shit, now we have to commit to that and (laughs) build the whole thing. That's certainly possible. Of course, this was a ship for the Andorian Mining Consortium. Uh, I do like great. all his lies. Shren is so good at like lying at the spur of the moment because yep. like, you know they get caught by some Zindi and he's like, "I'm Shran of the Andorian Mining Consortium." Or sorry, mm-hmm. let me do it in Jeff mm-hmm. Gomes. I am Shran. That's not quite there, but he does always whisper everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will and- say vocally, his characters all sound pretty. Distinctive. Yeah, yeah no. You I mean, can, that's how you can have him play two characters in the DS9. Not, not to go back yeah. to my show, but it's like Tom Hanks in the Polar Express. You can, they're distinct voices, but you can still tell they're all Tom Hanks. 
Well, that's yeah. how Jeffrey Combs is. Like whether he's got his Ferengi teeth in or he's doing his like unctuous Vorta thing, you can <laughs> yeah. still tell it's him. But they are definitely distinctive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the best is at the end when they're like the the Zindi start like strong arming them, and nobody's around, nobody's listening. He doesn't have to keep the lie up, but he just goes, "The Andorian Mining Consortium runs from no one." <laughs> yep. So he's just making little jokes to himself. I like him. I wish uh. he was captain. Yeah, well, and, he, and he does this great bluff where he's like, uh, we're carrying Archerite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and he even shoots him a little look then, like, hey, you like what I did there? Ah, hey, ah. look, I, I wrapped, I, I wove you into my web of lies, buddy. We're friends. <laughs> Archer's just like, thanks? <laughs> <laughs> Is that an honor in your culture? I have no idea. Here's, here's the thing. I do love Shran. I legitimately do, and not just because of Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. He actually is a pretty well-written character. Yeah, I like, like I, I I always want to see, I want to see more of him. This is what his third episode. Well, and I've talked about this third before. or fourth, something like that. Season, if there had been a season five, he was supposed to be a main character. He was going to be promoted to a, a character. Like, yeah, they were going to make him like character. the uh, Federation representative on the ship. For yeah, you do like a, you do like an exchange program, and he's just on the ship. That'd be cool. And, that yeah, and I, awesome. I think they were going to add a, a Tellarite also, so that there would be like a Vulcan human because now they got a Federation That'd out of whatever. Be cool. Yeah. Well, Matt, this is basically your good thing, how great Shran is. I don't want to step on this. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, he's easily the most likable and interesting character on the show who's not Trip. Like, he seems to genuinely like and respect Archer for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's and the part I want to talk about. After somebody this. has to. And he actually appears troubled by having to betray him. Like, it's not just mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, well, the boss told me I have to, like, screw with these guys now, so that's fine. I well, I'm like, on board. He, he yeah. feels bad about it. Like, he's a complicated character in a way that Enterprise doesn't get. And every time he shows up, I'm just happy. Yeah, I just I don't get like, I know they talked about this. They did an episode about it where he literally was losing sleep because he owed Archer a favor. Well, it's all it, then, it all ties back to that uh, him Archer showing him the Vulcan weapon. Yes, that he didn't have. To. And we and we called this out when it happened. He 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 was losing sleep because he owed Archer a favor. Mm. He repaid him the favor. Yeah. His debt is paid. Why is he still friends with like he shows up like Q, like he's in love with him. He, like, hey, Archer, buddy, my best friend here, some liquor. Why don't we fix your ship, he, my best friend? Like, well, honestly, what? What, did did they establish did the Andorians like specifically send him out to find Enterprise? Yes. Because that, that uh, they yeah. probably sent him because he has that pre-existing relationship. Yeah, because Enterprise that is episode. Yeah. Enterprise is already on a mission to find this deadly weapon, and if the Andorians could exploit their friendship to get it first and use it against the Vulcans, then, mm. you know, like, that was the whole point of it. This, week, I just, this week's episodes have a real theme of exploiting yeah. friendship. Yeah. We'll but get- the, the thing I don't get is, like, there's no chemistry there. Mm. Like, Bacula gives Combs nothing. Well, and yeah. Archer gives Shran nothing. Like, on a couple of different levels, I just don't buy this friend. It's like... Shran decided they're friends, so they're friends. It's it was like when uh, uh, Tom Paris decided Harry Kim was his best friend, just arbitrarily. <laughs> you're my best friend. The end. Yeah, it's like um, he wants and to be friends two with years him, but later, he doesn't know that was how. a mistake. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that, Matt? It's like he wants to be friends with Archer, but he doesn't know how because he doesn't have any like he doesn't have any regular friends. So he's just like, well, maybe if I keep saying I owe a debt to him, we can keep hanging out. <laughs> I mean, that's literally how I make friends. Yeah. I don't know how to be friends with people, so I say, hey, I'm doing a podcast. Be on the podcast. And eventually, after <laughs> we spend a lot of time together, we're friends. Yeah, but unfortunately, Shran doesn't have podcasts. Well, he might. He might have a he whole should. Andorian Mining Consortium podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast where he just reviews blue things. <laughs> I'm sh- I, actually, I actually thought the bottle he pulled out was Romulan Ale, which would have been better than yeah. Andorian stuff also being Andorian Ale. No, Andorian Ale. I did like yeah. you, you couldn't even call it Andorian Vodka or something. No. Yeah. Are you even trying? On this week's episode, we're going to be covering Andorian Ale. <laughs> <laughs>
again. <laughs> ah, <laughs> On this week episode, yep, Silkly good. Blueberry Lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually more sort of purple. I'm running out of stuff. And then he plays the clip of uh, George Carlin ranting about blue food. Where's the blue food? There's no blue food. <laughs> I love that man's voice. Uh, let's see. What is... You did your good thing. Oh, my good thing. We haven't talked about this oh, yet. Yeah. yeah. This is a legit... Like, it's not me struggling to find a good thing about Malcolm this season. Mm-hmm. This actually was... A, he befriended a woman. They sent over an Andorian engineer to help uh, repair the ship. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. These two... You know how every Star Trek show does this, where these two are, are working together, and there's a couple of beats to either their friendship or their not-friendship or flirtation. And I thought Malcolm's well, it was a take setup, on this would yeah. be, he's a creep. Yeah. It was a setup very similar to uh, O'Brien and that Cardassian uh, engineer, that one episode. Yeah. They've done it a lot, and it's not a yeah. bad thing to say, no, no, no. okay, your job is to fix stuff. We'll send you another fixer. Or in this case, he's the weapons guy, so let, we'll send someone over to fix the, you know, the weapons. But he didn't creep on her even once. No, it, it was, was amazing. amazing. Yeah. Like, I she feel like I, even I feel flirted like I with him a little a bit. Beer. Yeah. No, you, she You owe Dominic Keating a, a beer. Uh-huh. Just uh, mail it to let's him. Let's not go that. Let's not go where, that. Where did this come from? What's happening it's empty. Matt. <laughs> I have to go be in another Asylum movie. But not, but I'm already gone. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it, it's weird because she was flirting with him. There were a couple of clear, like, she was throwing him something. And I was like, oh, now, now it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he never bit, but he was also never disgusted by her, which is the other move Enterprise yep. always does. Ew, uh-huh. you're an alien. And if you've got ten- antennae, gross. Yeah. Like, no, he just was a professional the whole time. It was nice. Mm-hmm. And he, he seemed kind of sad and hurt when she betrayed him. Yeah. It's like, wow, and, Malcolm's a character. And he probably walked around the ship bragging about it for weeks afterwards. Oh, probably. Yes. I yes, made friends with the women, and I didn't try to sex her or anything. Look, I'm a nice guy. Where's my medal? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, we're getting too close to reality. I, I worked really hard to not harass that woman at all, and I want a trophy. <laughs> That's my best cup. Or at least a pizza. Or a pizza trophy. Or a pizza hamburger trophy. <laughs> Who did I'll that? tell you what, I'll give you this iron cup full of mulligan stew. <laughs> I love mulligan stew. But Star Trek hates the Irish, so don't eat it. That's true. Has Whatever it got do, pineapple don't. in it? <laughs> the only That's other something thing about me. about me. There's my personality yeah. trait sorted. Yep. Guys, this is a real talk. I um uh, in a Facebook group I'm part of, I uh, I did a series of polls like you know best Star Trek first officer, best Star Trek engineer, etc. I forgot to put Malcolm on the security officer one, <laughs> and no one noticed. <laughs> somebody noticed like like after like 15 comments, they were like, "Where's the English guy from Enterprise?" And I was like, "Ah, crap, he wasn't gonna win anyway." Yeah, no, uh, no he's nobody's what, favorite. Fine. Yeah, some people like the show, but he's nobody's favorite. Worf won. The entire thread was all people dunking on Worf and talking about how great Odo is. Uh-huh. But the yep. non-commenting voters, I guess, really like Worf. I people have he's, this. He's not bad. People well, have this fondness for Next Gen, and they forget how bad it was. Yeah. And it was great a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Like at its best, it was some of the best Star Trek ever. But Absolutely. it was also bad a lot of the time. And some of the characters weren't always good, sometimes well, by design. What was generally agreed was that Worf was a pretty good tactical officer. He just wasn't good at the actual security part of the job. In- internal security. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Although I, people didn't steal shuttles like we thought. I just no. recently rewatched that episode where they um, uh, all lost their memories and Worf thought he was the captain because he had a sash. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he kept like just like anytime anybody would say something, he'd be like, yes, do that. Like so that he <laughs> could act like it was his idea. That was actually uh-huh. really great. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Also, well I in character. 
Mm-hmm. Dorn always knew how to play that. Like, yeah. and then when they, never had... after they got the crew manifest, he went to Picard and like apologized. Yo, uh, yeah. Here's the thing about that. Uh, that was not honorable, and according to this uh, personnel file, I'm into that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, also, so his sash didn't say best person, so uh, no, it said mayor. <laughs> he specifically referred to it by saying we should not because they they checked their pips and they saw that Picard had the most. They're like, you must be the captain. And Worf goes, we should not jump to conclusions. I am decorated. <laughs> right. Ah, uh, better days. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, this was um, better days. I didn't even. I didn't even hate the ending of this one. No, because it's just, like I say, the cumulative effect. I think it's the no, fact well, that this exactly. Keeps happening as it tires me is the problem. As an individual thing. I think this could be quite good. Um, I think yeah. they're setting up for something. I think they're like, because I know Shran's going to come back because we're only in season three and I know he's got a few in season four. Yep. And so I think they're setting up that like, like you said, he feels bad about betraying them. You know, he's going to owe him a favor again. And eventually, like everything's going to uh, sort of like settle into something from this. It's just, I don't trust Enterprise to serialize. I don't think they do a good job. Yeah. And as an individual episode, we see it over and over and over again. It's a betrayal. It's no, a betrayal. I, it's a betrayal. I don't. I don't think they're setting anything up. What I think is going to happen is a different writer is going to come in and fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that may happen. I will give or, them that much. Or that they wrote this. Plan. That they wrote this and figured we can probably do something with that later, but they didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. I just don't, I don't At think best. they have a design, a grand plan to make him better. I think someone says, oh shit, this was our only good external character. We need to fix this. We need Jeff back. Yeah. He's yeah, got to make I mean, a boat payment. But has this. <laughs> Like, has the NX-01, especially since this whole Zindi season, have they met one ally? One single, like, I guess there's Slothman on the I was going to say, yeah, the Zindi. That's, that's it, though. Sloth yeah, Dr. Zayas. Like, and that's that was after Archer broke into his house and threatened him. Yep. Like, there's no well, one that how, are just that's friends. That's how Arthur, Archer connects with people. Yeah, I guess. That's his version of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do not want to listen to Jonathan Archer's podcast at all. It would just be every okay this week once again. We're reviewing how great my dad was and why the uh, Vulcans <laughs> fucked him over. Oh, time for torture corner! Uh, uh, literally going over to the corner to torture someone. And this week's water polo scores <laughs> are incomprehensible. Uh, yeah. Special guest this week. Howdy, Captain. <laughs> Trip, I hadn't finished introducing you yet. Sorry, I'm just so excited to be here. What's it's my birthday? What's this called again? Some some kind of radio show on the internet? God damn! We don't have these in Florida yet. <laughs> well, now they don't have Yeah, <laughs> I still say you put Jason Mendoza in place of Trip, and uh, I would be fine with that. Yep, but you you wouldn't have to change most of the dialogue. Is my point, <laughs> <laughs> Captain? I just got back from stupid Nick's wing dump. <laughs> Uh, anything else? Uh, no. No? Right? I guess. No. I mean, I don't know. Talk about the good place some more. I Look, I would love <laughs> nothing more than that. I wo- real, real quick, I woke up from a nightmare this morning where I was not in hell, but in the bad place, <laughs> which is the good place's version of hell. It was a comedic, like it was still torture for me, but it was funny objectively. <laughs> oh, shit. What the hell's going on in my, my- brain? My favorite background detail from that show is when they got into the um, the train station at the bad place, and there was a poster on the wall, and they didn't like linger on it or anything. Oh yeah, like, I know. You're looking, yeah. and it said "Pirates of the Caribbean Six: The Haunted Crow's Nest" or whatever. Who gives a crap? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now playing everywhere forever. <laughs> yep, that was so good. All right, the face couplers are charging. Ah, all we have left is to reset the emitters. What's the frequency? 
I'll do it. You don't trust me. No offense, but when it comes to our weapons frequencies, I wouldn't trust my own mother. Is your mother considered a security risk? Uh, Brian, you got an alternate title for us? More like pooping ground. <laughs> you, sh you need to do that in a uh, Triumph the Insult comic dog voice. More like pooping ground. There you go. And now once more is Shran. More like <laughs> pooping ground. Captain. Matt, Matt, what do you got? Shran's blue, abo di abo die. <laughs> uh, I don't get it. I almost referenced that like five times, and then I had to keep telling myself, what no, it, it's, Matt's, what it, it's Matt's alternate yeah. title. What is it from? It's a song, dude, uh, by Eif what, Eiffel 60? Uh, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm blue, da -boo -dee, It's -boo -dee, obviously so well known that you guys both know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the guy who lives in a blue house and his whole world is blue and all yeah. he sees is blue? Mm, it was a huge no. hit in 1999. Uh, you know, yeah, when I, we no, were in high school. That. Yeah. Eiffel, yeah. Eiffel 65. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was 25 and visiting uh, Las Vegas, the only song they played forever was La Vida Loca. That's the only song I know of in 1999. <laughs> yeah. No, that's. Uh... I'm sorry. Uh, to hear my that. alter. <laughs> yeah. I, me too. <laughs> I liked it at the time, but that that's the only song I heard for the week I was there. <laughs> Upside uh, inside my, out. My. My alternate title is along similar lines. They blew our minds. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Guys, ah, I'm really glad right. the alternate titles are back. <laughs> yeah, ah. it's it's fun. I'm. I don't know if we're going to be able to top the goofy ass titles on Discovery though, because <laughs> it's only the, an hour long show. Into oh, the really? woods I go. Listen, yeah. as somebody whose like favorite thing in the world is hearing Dave read pretentious episode titles, I'm really See excited for parsim. The Butcher's yeah. Life Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. That oh, title, it, you do not get more 60s Trek than that than that title, man. That's that's, true, but that's the world is hollow and I have touched the sky all over uh -huh. again. But Matt, Discovery is nothing like Star Trek, whereas Enterprise, it embodies all of Star Trek's ideals. Ugh, I'm going to hide under That is what people now, have said to me. Uh -huh. Fucking speaking of which. Ugh. Yeah. Brian, why don't you tell us about stratagem and I'll go get some breakfast. You're under protest as beef burgers. <laughs> All right. We open with Archie and Jughead driving through Riverdale in their jalopy. Oh, I'm sorry. I got as far as Arch and I went into a fugue state. We open with Archer and Deborah, the only Zindi you kind of recognize, driving through the Delphic Expanse in, well, kind of a jalopy, really. Deborah is shocked to learn that they're being attacked by Zindi ships, and Archer, sporting a really unflattering ponytail, tells him that they've been locked in prison for three years and they just escaped together. Deborah doesn't believe that a human and a Zindi could ever be friends, and Archer says no, it's totally true. They hug, they talk about their families, they share burgers down at Pop's chocolate shop, they try to decide whether to ask Betty or Veronica to the sock hop, damn it, it happened again. <laughs> See, in that three years, Earth has been destroyed, and each Zindi faction decided to go after the others, leading to war between the Zindi insectoids, the Zindi reptilians, the Zindi primates, the Zindi arboreals, who are clearly also primates, the Zindi marsupial, the Zindi jellyfish, the Zindi monster mash, the Zindi brady, the Zindi vegetable, and the Zindi Pikachu. <coughs> and weirdly enough, when you escape from one of their prisons, sometimes you just drop your memory on the way out. Yep, that's totally it. Please don't question it and ignore the voice outside the ship talking about catfish. That's just your imagination. <laughs> sure enough, they're not in the future and Earth isn't destroyed. Shocking, I know. It seems instead they're just on Star Tours. See, the whole team worked together to gaslight this POW into revealing sensitive information. Trip and Malcolm built a dummy shuttle, Hoshi translated the ship controls, T'Pol gained intel on his family, Dilton programmed the windows to make fake images, Big Moose <laughs> stood outside the shuttle and shook it when needed, and Travis kept everyone delighted with his practical jokes and ghost stories. 
We learn all of this in an extended and useless flashback, of course, somehow simultaneously showing and telling, as is the style on Enterprise. <laughs> Back on the ship in the neighborhood of make-believe, John starts giving Deborah the hard sell on uh, getting the location of the Zindi weapon. Why don't we sing that old prison song of ours? This is where our weapon is being built, he says. It doesn't work. Then he says, I spy with my little eye something that is the location of where your weapon is being built. <laughs> it doesn't work. Then he says, Loser says the location of where the secret weapon lab is. It also doesn't work. Finally, he has his crew send a fake distress call from the weapons lab and has Deborah enter the coordinates into the computer. Unfortunately, at this point, some science fiction gobbledygook happens, and Deborah realizes they've been playing him for a Commodore Schmidlap. <laughs> Here. He refuses to help and attacks Archer, because why not? And he tells him that he knew he was right to give them fake coordinates, and he wants his friendship bracelet back, and he intentionally gave him a sloppy ponytail braid. Archer throws him back in the brig and threatens to wipe his memory and do the whole thing again, even though that'll get him in trouble with Admiral Forrest and Principal Weatherby. <laughs> but wait, says Trip, we totally for real use space magic to instantly go to those coordinates. And Deborah is so mad, he's all like, no, that location isn't fake at all, but you guys are still jerks. And Archer goes, aha, I knew it was real. We were just doing double secret lies to make you tell us. Then Deborah tries to claim that he was actually doing triple secret double lies, but to no avail. Archer roofies him again, puts him back on a ship with the rest of the pussycats, and the rest of the Enterprise tries to avoid making eye contact for the rest of the day. This week on Becker, Chris fears that John is going to break up with her after he invites her to dinner at a nice restaurant with no explanation, but it's the series finale, so I assume they get engaged. Also, Linda finds a boyfriend on the subway. That could mean anything. This week on Reba, Reba and Barbara Jean sell shirts to send Naomi Wildman to college. Oh, they grow up so fast. And this week in Archie Comics, 10 million reprints flood supermarket checkout lines everywhere because the company is like five years off from reinventing themselves. Hey, I can read because of those reprints. So, you know. <laughs> this week in Archie, uh, probably something called Gal Pal and, I don't know, <laughs> Junk Funk. Dipsy Doodles, Matt. Yep. Dipsy Doodles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's when Jughead is a painter and he paints things that usually like come to life somehow. Mm -hmm. Also, and, Brian. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it was just sign we're doing, thinking we're, classic Matt Archie. Yeah, but Matt was doing his run, and he was he hadn't done three yet, and Commodore oh. has to do three. Oh, and Mr. So. Lodge chases Archie into the pool, and then they both there. get wet. He gads. And, and then someone says, how? But no, wait, no, that's the new one. That's, that's the new one. That's that's <laughs> a yeah. good... That's I'm a Brian, fucking gag. <laughs> yeah. Brian, quick point of order. You said the Delphic Expanse, which I believe is from the books. They're in the Zindi Expanse. Is that called the Delphic Expanse? No, that's a different Expanse. Oh, whoops. Well, from a different you're damn expanses. You're gonna you're gonna have a, a slight flaw in a song that's going to get sent to you for the next supplemental episode that I don't feel like re-recording. <laughs> well, we'll Fair have enough. to judge the hell out of that. Yeah, because that's what we no, do when I... people send us music. We nitpick it. Yeah. Hey, here's here's some free art for you. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Well, this isn't good enough. <laughs> no, I I just wanted to mention it because maybe you didn't know, and also because inevitably someone will correct me. And that, that's how our listeners roll, because mm -hmm. I tend to be the most reachable. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know, guys. I, 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 I uh, passed Brian's test. It's okay. Yes. I was testing you all along, and I'll be uh -huh. testing you again in musical form in a couple of weeks. I'll take expanses for 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> this one's full of anomalies. That's all of them. Oh, God. Yeah. This, I mean, is there a more quintessentially every problem we have with Enterprise episode than this one? Mm-hmm. Like, this is all of it in one package, isn't well, it? Well, let me like, think. Everybody's an asshole, and they torture somebody, yeah. so... 
and and a couple of narrative like missteps like like uh, miss uh, red herrings like here's the story no wait it's really this Ugh. i we open on this one and i just see archer with the long hair and i'm just like oh here we fucking go again and then he rolls out with it's been three years and earth has exploded i'm like oh come on we just did this I, I wish he. I wish he had yeah. rolled out with "It's been," but, <laughs> but he didn't. My uh, uh, my my original alternate title, which I decided not to go with, was "Shitty Future Imperfect." Uh-huh. Because <laughs> it's the exact same setup as Future Imperfect, which is Riker wakes up 16 years in the future and his hair is different. Yep. And or, then, or the pair of GI Joe episodes I just reviewed. There's no place about. There's no place like Springfield where yes. Shipwreck wakes up and it's 16 years in the future. But really and then, but it even had the same fake no fake out but. where, like in Future Imperfect, it was revealed to be a Romulan plot, a ploy to start a war. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was secret revealed to be the freaking alien from Communion. Yeah, it was uh, it was your standard Twilight Zone. It's just a lonely mm-hmm. child, and he's so lonely. But they did the Don't same thing. Don't you feel here. bad about feeling bad about all this now? Fake out. So we actually lonely. made it to the planet after all, and then fake out. We didn't really make it to the planet after all. So I'm like, <sighs> yeah. But that's mm-hmm. one of my least favorite things about Enterprise. That yeah. and Archer's indignant entitlement and his his torturing and yep. yeah, it's all here. It's on display for you. Mm-hmm. This is the Bluth model home of the subdivision that is <laughs> Enterprise. Yeah. Salad dressing that I don't want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are all just like living in a home fill like uh, <laughs> ship, pretending that it's a real ship. What do we think of the name <laughs> Sudden Anomaly? <laughs> and really, this is my bad thing. This might be the dumbest plan they've ever come up with. It's uh, like it is yeah. psychological torture, and we're gonna call this like we're gonna talk about this for most of the rest of the episode, yeah. I suspect. Mm-hmm. But it's <laughs> also like a hacky sitcom. Like Mr. Bossman has amnesia, so we all need to pretend he's our dad and this is his house or I won't get that big promotion. Like, doesn't it feel like that in a way? Anymore. What yeah. drives me nuts, too, is the simi- – do you guys remember in the 90s you used to, at, at malls they used to have the spaceship ride? Like, yes. Like I've heard this mentioned, but I've never seen it myself. You mentioned Star Tours, but it's worse than that because you would just be walking through the mall and there'd be a big white box spaceship just sitting there. And for five bucks, you could go in and it would shake around and show you some Starfield. That's basically what they put this dude in and then go, yeah, it's real. You're in a real spaceship. Yeah. And also, they managed to completely fool him into thinking he's met other people of his race. Like, mm-hmm. the Enterprise guys have met these guys in passing a handful yeah. of times. Are they really that good that they can pass themselves off as, as Zindi? It's just really? Hoshi with a voice. Uh, yeah, um, your kids your right children here. are named Tommy and little Tommy. <laughs> you know, as a Zindi, I believe this. Well, that is what we would say. Yeah. <laughs> Be like that episode, that uh, scene in uh, Walk Hard where they meet the Beatles. Like... Well, you know, as we, the Beatles, from Liverpool. We are from Liverpool, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, oh, she's good at her job. We've seen that mm-hmm, over and sure. over again. But she's not good enough to convince an alien that she's never met that she is their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is Jeff. Jeff who? Jeff the Zindi? Jeff <laughs> Zindi from... Jeff Jeff which Zindi? Oh, shit. Uh, fi- fish Zindi? Uh, okay, you passed. Jeff to humans? <laughs> Where are you from? Zindi, Zindi Prime. <laughs> oh, you went to Zindi. Ma- so did I, man. Do you know Rick? All right, Rick Zindi, <laughs> Rick Johnson, or Rick Anderson? Damn it! XHS uh, high school uh, class of two. <laughs> Fuck! I don't know how Zindi count. <laughs> Zindi Cougars rule. <laughs> 
Zindi yeah. cougar is another sentient species on the planet. <laughs> it's all sexy not. older women. <laughs> hey, there's how we bring back uh, Susie Plex. Welcome to Zindi Cougar Town. <laughs> but but okay, Six I, just, I wanted to talk a movie. About- I wanted to talk about how silly it was, but then we really need to talk about how deep and horrible it was. Like, yep. now that we've gotten out of it. Yeah. Just, it's uh, unconscionable. Well, Matt, go ahead and do your bad thing, because this really kicks it off. Yeah, so um, Jonathan Archer's an absolute monster. Like, he's not just a bad captain. He's a bad person. I'm sick of watching him commit atrocities every week. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned this briefly. On the last episode of Discovery, uh, Michael Burnham has a speech about what Starfleet is and what it will and will not do to win a war. This is a concept that Archer is completely unfamiliar with as he lies, threatens, and tortures his way through his indie space, a smug grimace on his face as he knows that every decision he made had to be done. This is a man who refuses every ideal that makes Starfleet and Star Trek great, and I hate him. Do you guys remember? I mean, of course you remember. It was one of the very best episodes of the 700 plus episodes of Star Trek we've watched so mm-hmm. far. When Cisco had to make one decision that resulted in one death to save millions of people, and he agonized over I it. And he spent absolute- the whole episode like wrestling with his conscience, and it changed him forever. Yep. And Archer he even does had to turn. Week. He even had to turn to an outside party who is a literal spy and assassin. Yeah. Yeah. He could in order to uh, make it happen. The yeah, whole episode but, and the rest of the series is about how that affects him. And, and how, how it was maybe not the best decision, but it was the best decision he could come up with. And he was just so desperate. Yeah. And it was a real test of his conscience and his character mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. And Archer just does it every week without a second thought. Yeah, the dude does not give a shit. And it's no. really embarrassing. It's also very indicative of where America was in 2003, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong. This was what, Archer's just fucking Dick Cheney. Yeah, exactly. Like Dick Cheney was was going on TV and saying sometimes just like Jack Bauer, there's a ticking clock situation and torture is okay. That's a thing he literally said. Yep. He said because Jack Bauer does it, it's okay. Like what? <laughs> the important thing, the thing is though, Archer is a dick. Made up Jack Bauer. Yeah. Like yeah, that's not a I, real yeah. dude stuffing a real towel down a real guy's throat. Like yeah, I know. Wait, but what? I thought Archer... that show was a documentary <sighs> with a weirdly good crew. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was sucked in originally by the the, the, the wacky premise of it, which is that it was 24 hours in real time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and then I realized what it was about. And I was like, oh, no. no yeah. I, I always thought it'd be great if they had a season where nothing interesting happened until like 6 p.m. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes got, like, in a 24-hour period, you take a nap, you, you have a, a light day, you do a little reading. You know. Yeah. Like we see him, we see him cooking breakfast, but they'd still do like the dramatic close-ups and the ticking clock. Dude, dude, dude. Or if all the dramatic Oop, stuff happened during a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just, this is, this is Archer. Archer yeah. is a shittier Jack Bauer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And this is Actually. the show. Like, this is, we're, he's our hero. We're supposed uh-huh. to look up to this guy. Like, what? I, yeah. I, uh. I do not understand. Like, these people could not have less of a grasp of what Star like, the absolute point of Star Trek. Yep. No, and the argument I keep hearing is they're building, they're starting out not like Star Trek and turning into Star Trek. That is not the plan. No, Come well, on. fucking season, get on with it. They're in season yeah. three. There should be something at this point. There's nothing. Yeah, and we're I've been, over 50 episodes deep, yeah. and he's acting more like a war criminal than ever. Yeah. And I've still been hearing people tell me that season three is good, and they're just liars. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, unless... Yeah. Is, is one of those half people related this is, this to you is, by This is halfway through the season, blood? right? Yeah. No, uh, more, no. More than halfway. I mean, listen, guys, I'm glad, I'll tell you this, that I got to be on one of these, like, one good episode, one bad episode ones. Sure. Because those are always good episodes uh, of our show, and 
I don't think you're going to have that from here on out. I don't think they're going to be able to pull off another good episode this season. And of course, season four is perfect in every way. So. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's all run by Manny Cotto, who has written two fantastic episodes so far. No, <laughs> yeah. he hasn't. He hasn't sucked. done that at all. I, I, keep, oh. I keep wanting to call him Ma- Manny Calavera, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was the Mexican Day of the Dead, so I then sh- I was dead and I wouldn't have to watch Enterprise. I thought it would look so cool. Yeah, it really would. Uh, Brian, what was your good thing? I don't have to pick one. It's my birthday. <laughs> it is. And happy birthday to you. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Were we on good thing, bad thing? I do good thing. Oh, I already did my... Right, okay. Uh, there's a shot of the Enterprise at the end in the debris field. It's very pretty. It is. I don't have once to pick again, a it's Brian's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> is that his gift to all of us? Yes. Yay! <laughs> No, I actually did find a good thing, which is tangential at best. All but, right. um Phlox, I like how much of a mad scientist he is. Like, they, mm-hmm. they play super fast and loose with his morality. Some weeks he'll yeah, just a bit. make a fully self-aware clone trip, and some weeks he'll argue for, you know, letting a planet die. Who yeah. the fuck knows where he's going to come down on something? But I do like the one consistent thing is he's super, cha- like, interested in the challenge of, like, I bet we could erase this guy's memory. Like, it's it's not really a moral thing for him. It's like, hmm, yeah, I could probably do that. I mm-hmm. got something in this crazy menagerie and all these chemicals that could make that happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, I like no. Flox in almost all times. Yep. He just... He really is just no, a I shining that, light in the real, I, middle of the rest of this crap. I hate that he did it. I, I really hate that he did it, but I, I part of me likes that he's into it. It's, I was kind of hoping when they did when I did the the best doctor poll uh, in, in the Facebook group that um, he would make a better showing. I thought he was the best chance that Enterprise had of coming in second because let's be honest, we all know McCoy's going to win that one. Of course, I but Bones wasn't actually a good doctor. No, no he, he was, was he was also he was he was racist and a bad doctor. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the image, by the way, actually came close to beating him. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Well, look, we got tired of him after a while, but let's remember how much we liked him at the beginning. That's yeah, but the, that's that's the thing with these polls. You got to remember is that none mm-hmm. of the, we've watched every episode. Most people are just going on what they remember, going on memories. Yeah, I mean there was yeah. there was also there were there was good results too. The uh, O'Brien O'Brien won best engineer and uh, Nog mm-hmm. uh, best junior officer. So oh good yeah yeah, yeah so but really these Nog, people were remembering. Who does but, Nog have to compete with though? Really? Um, Chekhov, I guess. Uh, yeah, tra- Wesley tra- mm-hmm. Travis. Yeah. No, I mean, well, uh, Tilly one. actually um, was the second okay. place finisher ah, on that yeah. one. Um, yeah, but that's that's so new and not everyone's seen it yet. Yeah, yeah no, not everyone and, knows uh, that she's perfect. Yeah. Uh, Martok uh, won when I did the best uh, outside helper. And Shran actually came in second in that one. That's fair. Mm. He uh, well, narrowly beat Loxana Troy. It's a, it's a glimmer of blue hope among <laughs> all this gray. Yeah. Uh, yep. What else? Just seriously, they just they just. They just straight up torture this guy. Yeah, they really yeah, do. That's... And, and it's they all okay. threaten to do it again. Like, Arch was just like, I'll wipe your memory and we'll do I'll... the same thing again. I know what to watch yeah. for this time. Yeah, I'm I'll, like, I'll yeah. torture and torture and torture sake. you until, like... Until I get the, what I until want. Until I get what I want. The one kind of... Just like, like this Star wasn't, Trek. This wasn't good, and I don't want it, but... Mm-hmm. It is interesting <laughs> in sort of... I, I gotta qualify this. So Star Trek Enterprise. This wasn't yeah. good and I don't want it. <laughs> no, but I'm trying. I'm really trying to make this not just I hate the show, I hate the show for fucking mm-hmm. full year. It just that's, can't be good to listen to. No. No, yeah. But one thing I found mildly interesting was we've seen this story from the perspective of the Starfleet guy. As you pointed out, Brian, we saw it with Future Imperfect. We've seen it a number of times where 
a Starfleet guy wakes up in a weird situation and he's got to figure out what's going on and and break the fake reality. Mm. And it's it's sort of vaguely interesting thematically to do it to a guest star. Yeah. Yeah, and to a villain. Yeah, they didn't they didn't pull it off and it was still terrible, but just it's it's a interesting possible like in, a, in the hands of a good writer it could have been an interesting reversal of an old tired formula. Mhm. Like, we're the guys doing it to them instead of them doing it to us. But it still sucked, so. You know, that should really be the indicator right there that just like, well, the villains always do this. Let's give it a try. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one day these guys will learn how to be good people. Until then, we get to watch them. (sighs) Remember when Picard was ordered to genocide the Borg and he refused? Yep. Yeah. The Borg who he had more of a personal stake in than anyone else. Yep. Yeah, who he, he had a personal a grudge against and was ordered by his superiors and yeah. he still did the right thing. Yep. Yeah. Like no one wanted them dead more than him, like, you know, personally speaking, but he still, nope. Mm-hmm. Didn't do it. Yeah. Yep. Uh what else? Anything? <sighs> we get that speaking of like Brian, you were talking about um Jeffrey Combs and his growl, mm-hmm. like Archer. Yeah. Archer's got a good like torture growl going. Now take him to the brig. <laughs> like uh, you're you're not fooling anyone, John. Just uh, like he was doing his fucking Christian Bale Batman voice. Yeah, that was. I was just trying to think of a good Christian Bale Batman quote to throw out. Where's yeah. the trigger? <laughs> Has anyone seen the Joker? <laughs> Where's the Zindi super weapon? Yeah, old chum. Om nom nom nom. I didn't get to do my bad thing. Oh, what's your bad thing? This episode sucks and I hate it. It's my first thing. <laughs> that is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't watch it on your birthday, so it didn't ruin your birthday. There's that. That is true. That is true. That's something. He ruined my two days before my birthday. <laughs> and I had, I watched these episodes separately. I didn't do them back to back. And so after that first one, I was like, all right, maybe the show's picking up. Yeah, maybe this is the reason people talk about season three is because it picks up halfway through and it's yeah. starting to get good now. No. <laughs> right not. Yeah. More of the same. Why? I'm so Why? tired. Who thought this was a good idea? Right. Ooh, uh, just, uh, we're yeah. so, it's got to be a combination of just being so far from, like, you know, the original sort of ideas of Star Trek and a combination, the combination of that and the time. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the political yeah. climate of the time, for sure. But I, I often criticize, rightly, I think. Star Trek for having the reputation of being like as as progressive as people seem to think. It did some things, mm. but it didn't mm. do nearly as much as it gets credit for. But they did speak out against Vietnam when it was relatively unpopular to do so on TV. Absolutely. And they could be the ones taking a stand against some of that post 9-11, like hardcore, you know, nationalism no. stuff. And they didn't do no, that. No, they were really into the saber rattling instead. Yeah. That's like we turned to Star Trek to say the times we're in are crazy here is, a, is an argument for rationality, yeah. and they, they have not been doing that. Yeah. No, they have not. Nope. Uh, what Season else? four is on the way, guys. <laughs> it's going to be Hooray. great. Mm-hmm. Manny Cotto will save us. The guy who came up with Trip's clone and what was the other one? It was another real bad one last week. The torture one, I think. I don't know. I make a point of not remembering. Uh, could you narrow that down a little? Yeah. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. No. I unfortunately I can't. <laughs> so far, I'm not impressed. Uh, that's all I have, mm-hmm. Matt. Half of your notes are you typing out? Stick to the ideals of discovery, like motherfucking ass discovery. <laughs> oh, you yeah, put real that mad. all on separate lines. I was I real mad, that. and I really wanted to watch Discovery. Yeah. Well. 
We can't. I know it's over now. Like I gotta wait until the I show know. comes back. Guys, I'm, read, I'm reading the one sentence plot summaries of what you got coming up, and there's some stuff. Yeah, okay. you got one. You got, Lavar directs one coming up. He's usually oh, good. he's been directing all yeah. along. Uh, Roxanne Dawson's got a yeah, few. He, Robert uh, Douglas McNeil. Also, those two are in the mix a lot, and mm-hmm. I think we saw uh, 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 Robert Duncan McNeil once or twice. Like a lot of familiar directors. It doesn't matter. They can't save it. No. Yeah. And Lavar Burton did the Trip Clone one. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That, see, Which, like. Uh, there are fans of that one. I will mm-hmm. say Flonk like that one, and I'm not going to, like, when he's not here to defend himself, I'm not going to say he's wrong. I didn't agree with him, but there are people who liked it. So. Oh, God, LeVar did the uh, Malcolm Archer and Hoshi turn into aliens episode. Yeah, exactly. Yikes. <laughs> that's, that's not his fault. See, they, yeah, they, it's not the they director's them, fault. Yeah, by availability or randomly or whatever. So They just tell him where to point the camera. Let's see, you're number four in the list, so you take this one. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Brian, what do you got for an alternate title? My alternate title is "The Gang Commits Another War Crime." <laughs> All right, Matt. Uh, I got Star Trek Hypocrisy. Yes, <laughs> very good. Uh, I have a couple. Uh, mine is Captain Dadbot or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Torture a Zindi, or The Zindi Expanse by Gaslight. Al, if you're going to do that, you really need to do it in the as the Rocky and Bullwinkle narrator. Oh, yeah. Uh, too late. Yeah. <laughs> what, what could have been? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll go back and redo this one. We're going to be redoing a handful of old episodes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we'll make ourselves watch Enterprise again. How about that? I'm doing the whole thing as the Polar Express conductor. Oh, God, this is the bad place. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what do you got for a quote? Uh, well, I, uh, I thought long and hard about the quote, and I decided that uh, I had to go with this one. Now, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. That's a uh, snippet of the opening theme song. No, that's uh, from the opening theme song of the 1999 animated series Archie's Weird Mysteries. Uh, this, This is my quote from this episode. For one shining moment, we were just kids. Those bright neon lights of pops keeping the darkness at bay. Giving way, as all nights must. No, I'm sorry, you know... That is, uh, yeah, no, that's some pretentious Jughead narration from Riverdale. Um, here it is. Here is my quote from this episode. It's my birthday. <laughs> And that Can was a good bit. We were all we were all singing along, and it was it was fun. Yeah. Can I just say how good the sentence "pretentious jughead" is? <laughs> you know, I was really unsure about how they were doing jughead when that show started, but I think well, watching Riverdale or how I learned to stop worrying and love ridiculousness. Yeah. No, it's. I've said this before. I tried mm-hmm. to watch it for fodder for our pretend fake soap opera, and there's nothing I could dial up more. Like it's already as over the top <laughs> as it's going to get. It's nuts. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautiful. I'd much rather be watching that than this. Yeah. All right. That's all for this time. Uh, Brian, you already did your plug, but one more I time, my... tell them what the show is and how Tinseltown, to get to it quickly. Tinseltown Holiday Movie Podcast on. Uh, 
iTunes or holidaymovies.tumblr.com. Uh, I'm also the narrator on a very good soap opera parody com- uh, podcast, which was recently discussed on this like 13 seconds ago, mm-hmm. uh, called Contentment Corner. Uh, you should uh, definitely listen to that. It's really heckin' good. Uh, oh, also, since everyone has been promoting their appearances in The Adventures of Nick and Willikins. I was just about to, yeah. Yeah, I, we're uh, in that. I uh, pop up for a, a brief uh, moment in The Adventures of Nick and Willikins video game mm-hmm. as a uh, classic sarcastic voyage character. I believe I'm the third person to play this uh, part. <laughs> That's uh, true. And I am uh, very happy to uh, join the uh, the ranks of uh, environmentally conscious Dracula. Our best character. Yep. It's a, it's a real good character. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we've had the... Um, we had like the uh, uh, Bella Lugosi, and then we had like mm-hmm. uh, whichever guy played him in the Hammer movies. I always get them mixed up. Christopher yep. Lee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and now you're like the Gary Oldman. And yeah. no, I'm, I'm and I'm like Gerard Butler of Dracula 2000. Yeah, uh, let's not go nuts here. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Dracula. Uh, the the Adventures of Nick Williams actually has received some good reviews. Believe it or not, uh, I believe it. Of, it's yeah. a good uh, game. Good. Uh, uh, video game blog type things have have sung its praises so yep. mm-hmm. very happy about that it is still completely free the adventure mm-hmm. or uh, nickandwillikins.com or pinheadgames.com please check it yep. out uh, our website is postatomichorror.com you can write to us at postatomichorror at gmail uh, we are on twitter at algar at robot matt uh, brian you want to give your twitter uh, yes uh, at arthur Abland. Mm-hmm. um it's uh, mainly me complaining about Enterprise, yelling <laughs> at people about politics, or occasionally remembering to promote my podcast. <laughs> Very rarely you do that. So a real roller coaster. Look, yeah. I've already got the Tumblr going, and mm-hmm. there's only so many things I can remember Don't I to do, do enough, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, big, big exciting news. We've mentioned this already. June 30th, we will be recording the first episode of Discovery, and we are throwing a big old party. We're yep. doing a live show and, and probably having some kind of listener gathering afterward, because we will finally be free of Rick Berman, and finally 15 episodes away from our ultimate goal of having covered all of Star Trek ever, and mm-hmm. that's pretty damn exciting. So, yeah. if, if you're in Seattle... I uh, was already deciding to drive across the country over the summer, and so I just had to uh, shift my departure date by yeah, one day, and I'm going to be there. exciting yeah. news. So, Brian will be there. A lot of, lot of regular podcasts will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a great time. It's at the Pocket Theater in Seattle. More information uh, as the date approaches, but uh, if there's any possible chance you can be here in Seattle for that, uh, save the date, June 30th of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all for this week. Yeah, see you, folks. All right. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.